Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me as always. What's up, guys? It's Lukey. It sounds like uh, you got a little extra, a little pep in your step, a little, little bounce in your voice today. Uh, what are we talking about? We're going to talk a little bit about college football. There was a rivalry weekend that just happened. We'll go back through some of that. Then we'll talk about the NFL. We're back. You know, we were gone for a week. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Made, made the trek back to Ohio. Mm-hmm. And that, look, that's a seven-hour ride. It took us 10 hours to get back yesterday because so traffic. I, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm exhausted. So so Sunday always is tough. Wednesday's worse. So what yeah, I'll like- use what what when we used to, we don't go up every year now. So when, but when I used to, I would be on the road by eight o'clock at the latest on Wednesday. And then I would always come back on Saturday. Yeah, we, I mean, we want the extra day up there, so we always stay. But uh, we did leave Tuesday night, which was nice. We had no no problem Tuesday night. Well, good. Hope everybody glad to hear that you had a a, a good Thanksgiving. We certainly. How about you? It, it was great. So it was it was great. It was it was exhausting because we had family in town, the whole family, and we did Christmas as well on Saturday. So we did Thursday Thanksgiving. Saturday was Christmas, so it was a lot of activity, a lot of food, a lot of money. <laughs> A lot of money because we had it in my house. So, um, you know, but it was it was well worth it. So we'll 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 talk college football. We'll talk a little bit of NFL and that'll be it. Sound good? Let's do it. Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. All right. 0-5 two weeks ago. (laughs) We are currently 24-29-1. I believe in the history of this show, since we've had the betonline.eg sponsorship, this is as far in the hole as we've been. So we got some work to do. Who do you like this week? Give me Baltimore minus three and a half at Pittsburgh. I'm buying in. I know that they, uh, you know, just had, they, they looked awful last night, but um, they were able to get a win. So I think that, uh, I think that that's a, a bad game for Lamar. I don't think he follows it up with another one. And I think that they handle Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. So give me the Ravens minus three and a half. Now they're actually facing the good defense next week. So, okay. Uh, I got four as usual. We're oh, going without TJ Watt though. <laughs> Is he? So what, what happened with him? COVID. Yeah. They put him on the list today. Okay. All right. It's going to be tough. All right. Over. 53 and a half Houston at Cincinnati or versus Cincinnati for the AAC, the American athletic conference championship Houston's ranked Cincinnati's ranked. I think there's going to be points go over 53 and a half. And that one, Georgia minus six and a half versus Alabama in the sec championship. Got to keep riding Georgia, Georgia until I see something that makes me believe that Georgia isn't just going to keep steamrolling teams. We're going to go with Georgia. The NFL, under 41.5 Giants at Dolphins. Two teams that their defenses are better than their offenses. I know that the Dolphins are on a little bit of a winning streak. Actually, they have the second longest winning streak in the NFL, I believe, behind the Chiefs and the Patriots, or maybe they're tied with the Chiefs, but... I just don't see that being some sort of a shootout. I like 41 and a half there. Then we're going Jets plus six and a half. Love a home dog at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts yesterday, man, three interceptions. I guess the the book on that guy, which is what I've been saying all year, just make him fucking throw it. Don't fall into the RPO bullshit, the read option. Just make the guy throw the football. And lo and behold, the Giants finally listen. Apparently, the Giants are big fans of the water cooler. They finally listen. They made him throw it. The guy threw three of the worst interceptions you'll ever see in his life. Followed up by 
Lamar Jackson throwing three, four really bad interceptions last night. Anyways, neither here nor there. All right, so there's the four from me. You got the one from Luke. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. We're going to do it a little different this week, ladies really and gentlemen. Like, I really like that Georgia call. Um, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to have to play a good team until the national title. So it's true. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do it a little different this week. Normally, we start with the NFL and then we finish with college football. But we're going to do a few good minutes on college football first. I don't know how many of you watched college football this weekend. Several really, really good games. It was rivalry week, right? You had Cincinnati winning 35-13 against ECU. You had number 14, Wisconsin, losing to Minnesota, which made way for Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. You had Oklahoma State winning 37-33 against Oklahoma in a really good game. You had Alabama looking meh against Auburn, and then you had Georgia 45-0 against Georgia Tech. Did I miss anything? you got them all got them all huh got them all that's that's it nothing else talk about in college football over the weekend so michigan dominated ohio state 42 to 27 at the big house i'm gonna give luke an opportunity i got a whole list of of talking points i'm gonna give luke an opportunity let's get the ohio state fans perspective because it's a very interesting perspective to me i had my brother here his kids were here. They've never seen Michigan beat Ohio State. Buckeye Twitter was an interesting place on Saturday afternoon. So, and, and a lot of Buckeyes fans listen to this podcast, you know, and I mean, it's, uh, I, I know it's tough. You know, I, I imagine it's sort of like the Steelers when the Browns, you know, finally beat them in the playoffs last year and stuff like that. So I'm just interested your take, your thoughts. You're, you're a pretty subjective guy. So what'd you think about the game? How, how do you, how do you feel like it went? And, you know, I guess big picture, do you think this has any long standing uh, ramifications? Um, the long term, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I don't know. But uh, the game itself, I mean, you said it, it was just a straight up ass kicking Ojabo and Hutchinson just I mean, they're unblockable. And to that point, I thought CJ Stroud actually played really well, considering yeah. he was under duress every single time he got the ball. Ojabo um, hit him with the silencer there at the end. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was just a straight up ass kick. They won the you know, they won the, the, the trench, the trench war on both sides of the ball all day long. First time in 16 years that Ohio State didn't have a tackle for loss on defense uh, in any game or just against Michigan in, in in a game in 16 years. First time that they did not have a tackle for a loss uh, and they, they they just ran it lined up. They just lined up and ran it right down the throat. I mean, there was a few questionable. Calls. This is I, I said this, you know, and I talked to some friends, um, you know, when it was happening. A little underwhelmed by Ryan Day. It's only the second time that I felt this way. The first time was um, two years ago in that Clemson semifinal game that Ohio State led for three and a half quarters and, and gave it up. I thought drop right that wasn't that they called a catch or whatever. And they kept kicking field goals in that game, which we know how I feel about that. Like you know, he he just there were some really weird kicking decisions in this game too. I mean, when he decided to kick it to him late, I'm like that. I mean. <laughs> you got to kind of go for it there because th- 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 there was no stopping. I think um, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I don't know what, what Michigan was on third down, but they kept getting the third down, but it was third and short all day long. And then they would just pick it up. They'd run for three or four yards every single time. I mean, they were in favorable third down positions all day and just were, were, they weren't even threatened by it. So I, I thought it was just some really questionable stuff from, um, from day. I mean, I don't really have much to add other than that. I mean, for long term, I think it's good, obviously, for Michigan for recruiting because, you know, you finally have 
some something to show that you know that's like it's not just like Michigan. It's not it's not not just you're selling um, Michigan from the '90s. Okay, now you now you have something that's real that you can sell to recruits. I mean, maybe I, I don't know what Harbaugh, Harbaugh's contract extension was last year. I think I know he took a pay cut. Forever. I don't know. I, so I don't know if, he, if, if, you know, that might be a long-term thing. It, it might, might buy him some more time there, you know, shit. I mean, they, could, they I mean, they're going to make the, they're going to make the playoff and, you know, they might even get a national title out of this. So, so for recruiting, it's certainly something, something to sell. But as far as like the long-term of the rivalry, I like the fact that I didn't like it when it was happening, but I like the fact that now, like maybe we don't know every time going in. Like I, 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 I personally didn't think that Michigan had a chance. I thought that this was, I thought Ohio State was going to score um, on their first two possessions and go up 14 nothing. Almost as it was the case, Michigan was the team that almost that should have gone up 14 nothing. Uh, pretty bad decision by McNamara. Never even saw the, the, the linebacker in the middle of the field or the safety in the middle of the field there. And, um, but, uh, but, you know, at least Mich- I'm glad that Michigan did it in a year when they, you know, it, it, all their chips were on the table. It wasn't like a year where they had three or four losses. They actually are getting a pretty big reward out of it by, by getting a playoff appearance. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I have to add about it. See, you're rational and I like the rational approach. And I agree with you on pretty much everything that you said there. The one thing that I, that I didn't have in my notes that I, I will say here is if Jim Harbaugh was going anywhere, and I believe I've already said several variations of this over the last probably year it would have happened last year the fact that they came back and extended him and sort of went all in on Harbaugh tells me that he's there until he doesn't want to be there anymore uh you know who knows what's going to happen the NFL stuff seems to have died down you start getting on a roll and, and beating Ohio State consistently I'm not going to define what consistently is, but if, you know, they beat Penn State this year, they should have beat Michigan State, should have, would have, could have, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? But Harbaugh's here is there as long as he wants to be. Michigan had 297 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns. Haskins had five. Uh, Hassan Haskins was, I mean, he was, he was unstoppable. It wasn't quite the Bianca Batuka situation because you didn't know who Bianca Batuka was, and Bianca Batuka was just running for 30, 40, 50 yard runs all day. This was more of a body blow situation where they were just going seven, seven, 12, 11. You know, he would pop off a 20 or 25 yarder every once in a while, but it was, it was just sort of a consistent death by a thousand cuts. They just kept hitting Ohio State with body blows. Aiden Hutchinson looked like the third Bosa brother or the third Watt brother. Uh, three sacks. He had 14 pressures on C.J. Stroud. 14. There was the one play where he just absolutely fucking ball rushed whoever that left tackle was and put him on his ass. And I knew Aiden Hutchinson was good, and I've been watching him for three years. That's the best game he ever had. He, I definitely did not realize that he was that good. Kind of all this top 10 draft talk that there was happening prior to that game. I was a little, you know, I, I surprised by it. I actually saw an article yesterday or maybe even this morning talked about maybe he goes ahead of Thibodeau, which is not going to happen. But I think he definitely cemented himself as – an early first round pick. What does early mean? You know, he probably, he definitely goes in the top 15. Okay. I think, I think, I think earlier than that, let's see what the measurables look like. You know, these teams, they fall in love with pro day and combine stuff. We'll see, but he definitely looked like a Watt brother or, or a Bosa brother uh, and, and caused that type of havoc in, in a big game. That was probably my biggest takeaway was just, you know, I, I actually, they kept talking about him before the game. We're watching the pregame or whatever. And I'm like, I don't even think he's that good. Yeah. And God damn, man, he was all over the field. He, he was great. He, that was my biggest takeaway. It was just, just how good he was. So He was really good. The Ohio State offense, you talked about. It. I mean, they played well. Stroud had 394 yards. He had two touchdowns. He, he didn't have any turnovers, right? I mean, that's the thing. For Michigan to play as well as they did and sort of – I don't think the score really is indicative of – how they dominated that game 
Well, yeah, just looking at the team stats here, I mean, the yards are almost identical. I mean, they did it in different ways, as you alluded to. 487 for Michigan, 458 for Ohio State. You know, Michigan did have the 300 yards, only 190 through the air, almost 400 yards through the air for, for Ohio State. Kind of kind of what they've been doing. Maybe you get Trayvon Henderson more involved, but I mean, they played from behind the yeah. entire day. So, yeah, I, I mean, you said it, you know, and that's look, your strength. You got three first round wide receivers and they they played really dude. good. And that's you know, that, my that next Garrett point. touchdown was yeah. in, that, that just the, not not even just the catch, but the throw as well. Like the throw, the catch Smith and Jigba is. He's a stud. He had 11 catches. Him and Garrett Wilson combined had 21 catches, 260, 61 yards and a touchdown. Alave had another, I think, 80, like five catches for 80 yards. It wasn't that Ohio State didn't produce on offense, right? Now, you know, the game was close at the half. That red zone interception by McNamara, I actually texted you, and I I thought that that was going to be one of those situations where that was sort of, when we looked back on it, that that was where the game turned. But Michigan came out at the halftime, and they sort of, they stayed committed to the game plan, They stayed committing to the way that Gaddis was calling the offense. This game reminded me of how Ohio State and Michigan games used to be, period. Now, obviously, a a little surprise for coming out the half, as you mentioned, Um, you know, they had to settle for the field goal right there at the end of the half. And and I was talking to a lot of a lot of Ohio State fans. I'm like, look, you double dip right here. And you might be able to just put this thing away if, if you score here at the end of the half and you do it again and they come right out three straight runs. Yep. three and out and you know if that's it felt like where the tide had just really like like it was just so deflating it felt like um at, at that moment and then you know michigan scores in their next two possessions yeah they should have had 14 there and they come away with three right with the double dip so like i said this game reminds me of how ohio state michigan games used to be obviously ohio state's offense is a little bit different it's more high powered more through the air and those types of things but What I'll say is when Jim Harbaugh first came to Michigan, there was this sort of mentality that the Ohio State game was just another game. And through the first several years of his tenure there, that was sort of the mentality. And I think it didn't do that team any justice because ever since Jim Tressel went to Ohio State, Jim Tressel, uh, Luke Fickle, Urban Meyer, Ryan Day, all of them have prioritized throughout the offseason, during the season, the Michigan game, the Michigan game, the Michigan game. Well, during the offseason, Jim Harbaugh put up a sign that right underneath another sign that I'll talk about in a minute, but he put up a sign that says, what are you doing to beat Ohio today? So every single day throughout the season, they have been focused, and in the offseason, they were focused on beating Ohio State. And he put that sign right next to a sign that Bo Schembechler put up 40 years ago that said, those who stay will be champions. And it's not just about the players. It's about the fans. It's about the folks that have wavered, including myself, over the years of sort of watching the Brady hoax and the Rich Rodriguez's in the early days of Jim Harbaugh. Like, I was at a point where I was ready to jump ship. And and I just remember that sign. It's been up there for 40 years. It's been up there since the seventies. Those who stay will be champions. And frankly, those who have stayed feel like champions today. They felt like champions on Saturday. And there's a real opportunity to not only be a big 10 champion, but depending on how things play out, they have, you said it yourself. They have an opportunity potentially to win a national championship out of the, out of this. You talked about the recruiting. I believe that this ha- this will have an impact on recruiting, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Ryan Day brought this on himself. I mean, he, he really did. I am a Ryan Day fan, I guess. Maybe not a fan, but I definitely respect him. But this whole, like, we're going to hang 100 on them thing, the next time we play them, this was the next time – they played them since he made that comment. Granted, it was in the locker room to his players after the Big Ten media call where Jim Harbaugh was, you know, complaining about their practice schedule or something, saying that they were breaking the rules that were being set and, you know, 
Brian Day came out and said, you know, they better, you know, reinstate the mercy rule because we're going to try to hang a hang a hundred on of them on them. Well, they didn't hang a hundred on them. They hung 27 and Michigan hung 42. And because of that comment, you have Jim Harbaugh going on TV and I agree with him a thousand percent. I'm sorry. And if anybody has a problem with it, it's at Mr. Sabretooth on Twitter. Some people are born on third and they think they hit a triple. Ryan Day took over a team under Urban Meyer that went 89 and three, won three Big Ten titles, won a national championship. And it just happens to be three years after Urban Meyer's left. And these are this team is starting to be Ryan Day's team with his recruits. The pressure's on him now. This is the reality. He's one and one against Michigan. Three out of the last five Ohio State coaches do not have a winning record of Mich- against Michigan. That is a fact. One and one, three out of the last five coaches, and here's the biggest number. It's been 729 days since Ohio State beat Michigan. Go blue. You got anything else? Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on rushing the field in that game? Yeah. What do you mean? What If you don't rush the field in that game, what game do you rush the field in? That's garbage. They won eight. They lost eight straight. They lost eight straight. That's garbage. I mean, Ohio State's beat Michigan like 17 of the last 20 times. Yeah, and I think that, that trend is going to continue. When I was growing up, Michigan beat Ohio State 11 out of 13 years. I mean, it's <laughs> you you just you can't take for granted. Here's the thing, right? So Michigan wins this year. It's back in Columbus next year. Let's just say, let's just say that somehow, some way, because this Michigan team's pretty much intact next year. They're losing Hutchinson, but outside of that, it's pretty much intact. Let's say Michigan wins next year. Now Ryan Day's one and two against Michigan. And then the following year, obviously, it's back in Ann Arbor. This thing, I'm telling you, it has a way of snowballing the way it did when Trestle started winning. And it's it's tough to get off that schneid, man. It's really hard. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I expected Michigan to win the game because we know I didn't. I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Michigan's going to win three out of the next five because I absolutely don't. But what I will say is Ryan Day is is now under a pressure situation that, frankly, no Ohio State coach has faced since John Cooper was the head coach, and we saw how that played out for him. That's the reality, man. You can get all the, the number one recruits in the world that you want, but the number one recruits that he has mixed with some of the leftovers from the Urban Meyer era got their asses handed to him last Saturday. And Michigan's only got better players coming in. So, and it's only going to help their recruiting this year. So, it's been 729 days since Ohio State beat Michigan. <laughs> it's only because Michigan declined to show up last year. So, Hey, man, it was a fucking pandemic. What do you want? Okay, let's move on. That wasn't the only story in college football this weekend, right? I mean, Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma to go to USC, I think it's a big story. I, I, I don't think we would be doing ourselves or the fans any justice not to provide some thoughts on that. I don't think we got to go super in-depth on that, but what are your thoughts about old Link leaving, uh, US, or leaving Oklahoma for L.A., man? I think it's brilliant. SEC just got rid of uh, a coach that won a national title two years ago. They bring guys out just so quick. And I don't know if Oklahoma was really, is really built to play in the SEC. You know, they, it's a different kind of style. Their team is built a different way than those teams are. And of course you could change that with the way you recruit and everything, but it's not like there's a monster out, out there in the PAC 12 right now. And, um, you know, they've he, he's already got, I think he has five recruits from Southern California, three of which have already flipped off five stars. Well, have already decommitted from Oklahoma. They haven't committed to USC yet. Because <laughs> did they have the press conference today? I, I don't even know. I think they flew out there today. I yeah. saw I saw them flying out early this morning. Or I'm, late last I'm anticipating night. you're going to get a verbal commitment from those guys pretty quick. Yeah, I'd imagine so. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I mean, they're talking about Caleb Williams might even transfer I'm sh- there. I'm sure a lot of those guys are going to transfer and. You know, I guess it depends on who who they get to replace them. It's kind of cool that Bob Stoops is in there. I think so. 
That's the very uh, Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin, every time yeah, their Barry coach Alvarez. Leaves, Barry Alvarez comes down. And I think he wins a lot of those games when he coaches. <laughs> go so, back and look at that. Yeah, it'd but be yeah. nice. But yeah, so I think that that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, I mean, I like I like college football better when those blue butts are good. So I, I wouldn't I would like to see USC come back and matter a little bit. And, uh, you know, he, he definitely get quarterbacks. You know, one of those guys that I just mentioned um, is, is the quarterback. I can't remember his name right now. Twenty twenty three. Number one overall quarterback. Malachi. Malachi. I can't forget his last name, but he had committed to Oklahoma and he decommitted. He's the number one kid. Yeah. So, uh, you know, right there and then USC, you know, back when they had it rolling, they were QBU. I mean, a lot of those guys didn't pan out in the NFL, but a lot of them got drafted early. So, uh, and they were all very good, very, very good in college. So, you know, he'll be able to do that. He'll be able to bring that back to it at least. I'm going to give a little bit of a different perspective. I think it's a great move for Lincoln Riley. I think it's a very smart move. Lincoln Riley didn't want to play in the sec. I mean, he said it when all that stuff was going on this year, he's like, I don't, I mean, I don't, this isn't a direct quote, but he basically said, I don't want to play in the SEC. And he's smart, right? You don't want to be a four loss Oklahoma, three loss, a three loss Oklahoma team every year. It can be two things, right? It can both be a smart move for Lincoln Riley and be a shitty thing that he did to Oklahoma. I mean, it's pretty shitty. The state that he's leaving that program in, very Urban Meyer esque. You know, every time Herb leaves, Ohio State really, he didn't leave him in bad way, but. He left Utah, left Bowling Green, left Florida in a bad way. And now not only does he leave unexpectedly, but his recruits are, are going to go with him. So I feel bad for Oklahoma fans because you would never want that to happen to your team. Ohio State, you're an Ohio State fan. You know, I'm a Michigan fan, so we don't really have to worry about that. And, and generally I don't think Oklahoma has to worry about it. This was just an ideal situation. Lincoln Riley didn't want to play in the sec and it's smart for him. USC is going to be good pretty quick. I, I don't have any doubts about that. It's going to be very easy for him to recruit California. It's also going to be very easy for him to recruit other areas like Texas and Florida because of the style offense that he runs so it, it makes a lot of sense for him. And there's just not a lot of competition out there. You get Oregon every couple of years, you know, I mean, who else? Stanford every once in a while. It's he just be Washington when Chris Peterson was there, yeah, but he's gone. You know, you'll, you'll have, you know, you, you'll have a Washington or a Washington state. I mean, it's just, there's just not a lot of big robberies. I mean, obviously UCLA chip Kelly's there. I, I, what, whatever. I, I just, it, it's a smart move for him, I, but I think it's a, a bad move. Excuse me. I feel bad for what it does with the Oklahoma program. And I think that leads to the next question. And Adam, I mean, hang on before we move on from yeah. there. I mean, Oklahoma's 10 and two. They're ranked 13. I they know. just just come off like three playoff appearances. I, yes. I don't I'm not I'm not exactly sure what you mean by leaving it in a state of like it's not in shambles here. They're they're a top 10 team. I think it depends on who their coach is. Right. And if and if all you know, well, that's not that's not his responsibility. I understand everything you're I, saying. I, I Hold agree on. with what you're saying. Spencer Radler entered the transfer portal today. Caleb Williams is probably going to enter the transfer portal. I mean, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to they're not going to have a quarterback. They're probably not going to have a lot of their their uh, skill players because a lot of those guys are either going to transfer or decommit. You know, so it, it's easy to sit here and say, "Oh, they're ten and two, and they're coming off a three straight." that thing could change overnight for them in terms of how their future outlook looks. Now you said you made the point. It's going to depend on, I'm interested to see who they get. Well, Adam Schefter comes out yesterday and says that Cliff Kingsbury is number one on Oklahoma's list. And did you see what Cliff said today in his press conference? He said, I'm not ready to address that right now. So Cliff Kingsbury did the exact opposite of Mike Tomlin <laughs> saying that there's not a booster with a big enough checkbook in the world or whatever. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury certainly left it open. That's wild. How likely do you think it is? That's wild. It's unprecedented. That would be unprecedented for a guy to leave. I, I, he <laughs> but he would be the guy to do it, right? I get like I, that was the next thought is like if there is somebody I'm guessing it would be him. But like. I don't know, man. I mean, the, the Cardinals are seven and two in the first place in the NFC. Like, no, I, they're I, nine and two. 
or ninety two. That's what I meant. Right? Yeah. I mean, fuck. So ah, man, I don't know. Um, I guess he would be the guy to do it. Yeah, but th- that's just I don't know, man. Put I, a percentage on it. I'm still go- five, five. Look, there's thirty two of these jobs. You know, he can he can go to there. He can if they flame out. If they flame out the Arizona and he gets fired, he could still get a different job there somewhere. Yeah. Like, like that's always going to be there for him. Um, but he I don't will think anyone be fired, would choose. Right. Like he will yeah, be fired not, from this not, job. He, one. Right. Right. Yeah. And then at that point when he's fired, then he then he'll look at it. But like I to, to leave one of these jobs. Yeah, it would be unprecedented. Uh, that's that's insane. I, I don't I don't know. I think he's going to do it. I really do. Like I, when I saw the fucking tweet from Adam Schefter yesterday, I don't know if you saw my tweet in response to that. I felt like that his agent was just throwing that out there so they could get a bigger contract from the Bidwells. But his response today, and I watched the video, it was very Lincoln Riley esque, right? So Lincoln Riley yesterday or the day before, when they asked him about the LSU job, he's like, I'm not taking the LSU job. Well, he said it in a way that made you like you didn't know at the time, but he already agreed to become the USC head coach. I don't think it's 50 50, but I'm going to say it's 60 40 that he takes this job. He will definitely be fired from the Cardinals job one day. There's I mean, every head coach in the NFL gets fired one day. Or they retire, right? Like Belichick's probably never going to be fired, but every one of them, like fuck Jimmy Johnson was fired for Christ's sake. Tom Landry was fired. So every single one of these guys are going to, is going to be fired. He could go to Oklahoma. And when those teams go to the sec, it becomes a completely different situation because sec. I mean, Ed Orgeron just got fired. They won a national championship two years ago. Fucking guy got fired for Christ's sake. And Dan Mullen was the SEC coach of the year last year, and he got fired this year. So I don't know. I'm going to say it's 60-40, but that thing is, if any, this this would be an unprecedented move where a coach who was who was, who was in a successful period in the NFL left to go to a college program. It, I couldn't think of, of another situation, so it would be unprecedented. But they could throw – I mean, if Mel Tucker got 10 years, 95 million, we don't know what Lincoln Riley's deal's worth. My guess is it's probably, what do you think, 10 for 120? I think they gave him 12 million? Probably, probably, probably more. Right. So what if he gets, you know, what if, what if they offer him $15 million a year to go coach Oklahoma? It's unprecedented. And this is the guy that would do it. Yeah. I, I think he is the guy that would do it. I just don't think it's likely. I, I mean, it's definitely I, it's, it's something. a baffling response that he that he that he had. But like, did I, you I, see it? No, I just yes. looked for it. So did, did you find it? No. I'll yeah, find he it. said, I'm not ready to talk about that right now. or I'm not ready to answer questions on that right now. He used the phrase right now or at this point. It was right now at this point, something along those lines. I mean, it was very like. Dude, like you totally fucking answered that the wrong way. Even if you're going to take the job, like you did not die with the lie, man. The quote I see here is, I don't get into those things. My sole focus the last couple of weeks has been the Chicago Bears. And after watching on Thanksgiving, it needs to be because they're a really good football team and, a, and had a big win. And so that's where my focus has been. When asked why he didn't just deny interest in the Sooners job, Kingsbury responded, we're in season. We're nine and two. Just not a topic I want to touch on right now. Just not a topic I want to touch on right now. I mean, does that sound like no? Any of that? No, it doesn't. I mean. It's crazy to me. That he would even entertain that shit. But, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is always he's a college coach, man. He's a college coach. He's going to be back in college in the next five years. Yeah, I mean, probably. I just don't think he's leaving. I think he's getting fired first. I just that that Oklahoma job, that that Texas and Oklahoma job, the day they announced that they were going to the SEC, those jobs got devalued significantly. Anyway. All right. Yeah, so, sounds like that sounds to me like he's trying to get a raise. Like you just you just don't go from the NFL to college. You just no. don't do it. Not not by choice. Right. 
not by choice. All right. So we got championship week coming up this week. Lots of really, really good games. Lots of college football playoff implications. You got number eight, Baylor, 10 and two versus number seven, Oklahoma State, 11 and one. That's noon. ABC, that's being played at Cowboys Stadium. That's being played at Jerry World. You got number 24, Houston, who's 11 and one. At them, number four, UC Bearcats, 12 and all. That's at four o'clock on ABC. You got number one, Georgia, 12 and all versus number three, Alabama. I mean, Alabama has almost lost like three or four games at this point, but they are 11 and one. That's at four o'clock. CBS, that's, that's in Atlanta. That's at the Falcon Stadium. That's practically a home game for Georgia. And then the mother of them all. The mother of them all, them number five, and they will be number two when the playoff rankings are unveiled on Tuesday. Michigan Wolverines, 11 and one versus number 16, Iowa, 10 and two. It's eight o'clock. It's the, it's the nighttime game on Fox at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. It feels good to be in the Big Ten championship game, baby. Feels good. Feels like home, actually. You know what I mean? So, any final predictions for college football playoff? Let's hear it. What do you got? One through four. I want to hear it. Uh, I'll go Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati. This is the one. I don't know. My argument over the weekend was I think it's Notre Dame because Oklahoma State, I know that they just beat Oklahoma and they'll probably get another top 10 win here. So it probably is Oklahoma State if they win. It probably is, but uh, they, you know, they devalued the Big Twelve. So I think this, I think this would look bad on them. Not that, not that they haven't contradicted themselves in the past, but they devalued uh, the Big Twelve when they had nine and zero Oklahoma come out at like eighth overall in the first rankings, and just the way things have kind of fallen. Like I don't think Notre Dame's really done anything to hurt themselves uh, since. Maybe you can say Oklahoma State would have notched two more top ten wins at the time if, if they win this weekend. So maybe maybe that's enough to jump them. But I think I, I don't know. My, my argument was it should have been Notre Dame, but it'll probably be Oklahoma State if they win. It starts to come down to like losses, right? Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State and Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati. I have Oklahoma State written down here at four, but I'm going to tell you what. I just changed my mind during this conversation. I think it's Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati. I think Notre Dame gets in at number four, and I'm really pissed because I fucking love Cincinnati. And of course, of course, Luke Fickle, baby. When Cincinnati finally gets in, right, Michigan finds, you know, they, they decide to turn it on and beat the shit out of Ohio State. So now Michigan and Cincinnati are going to play. Now, th- these games are on New Year's Eve, which is awesome. But I really, I was really hopeful that Cincinnati would get an opportunity, and maybe they will. I don't know. I was really hopeful that Cincinnati would get an opportunity to go at Georgia. But I think you're going to see a Georgia-Notre Dame-Michigan-Cincinnati college football semifinal. And then who knows from there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it as, as we get closer you got anything else on college football? Nope. See you next year. 729 days. Go blue. All right. Before we move to the NFL, a word from Lightbox Jewelry. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, only $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, except they're grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never take off in price so they won't have to. Plus, they'll make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. All right, let's talk about the NFL. You got anything to say about the Browns? Yeah, I'm happy they're on by this week. Yeah, I'm happy they're on by too. I guess I'll say a couple things. And then, and then you know, if you want to 
comeback. I will say this. The season of dreams, in my opinion, is over. I understand they're still mathematically in it. This team's not going anywhere. Hindsight being 2020, they should have sat Baker Mayfield two weeks ago. They should have sat him against the Lions. They should have sat him, obviously, on Sunday night. They'd have the same record with Case Keenum. They, they, it would be one and one. But he would have had three weeks off to prepare for Baltimore after the bye. The guys, the guys hurt. It's no excuse. You know, I'm just, I'm disappointed in a lot of it. You know, the drops, the defense, you know, comes to play every couple of weeks. And when they do finally come to play, you got to find a way to win the game. I'm not ready to give up on Baker Mayfield. My confidence in him and my, you know, I'll die on that hill. That whole spiel is, is certainly wavering. I'm still high on Stefanski, but that offense lacks creativity. And when they do try to get creative, it's like with these weird <laughs> fucking gadget plays that it looks like they haven't even practiced. I mean, every week it's some gadget play that doesn't work. They're terrible on third down on defense. They're terrible on third and fourth down on offense. Last night, that fucking circus, that clown show that was going on in the first half with the special teams. I mean, there was three or four special teams plays in a row where they didn't have enough guys on the field or they had too many guys on the field. I I just I don't know what's going on with that team right now. I'm really frustrated. The season's over. It was officially the first mock draft Monday of the 2021 season today. I took a look. They had the Browns. The one I looked at from CBS had the Browns taking the wide receiver from Alabama, the kid that transferred from Ohio State because he couldn't get on the field. Jamison Williams. Uh, Yeah, Jamison Williams. Look, I was wrong. You know, I was wrong. I'm, I'm wrong about the Browns. You know, expectations. It's a heavy crown. It's a heavy crown. They snuck up on teams last year. They didn't sneak up on anybody. Matter of fact, everybody gave them. There it hasn't been a situation where we've had a team give us an off night. I would say last night was the night. You know, you got Lamar throwing four picks. I mean, it's fucking the last 40 times a quarterback's thrown four interceptions. They've lost the game, and we find a way to lose it. Similar to the, you know, the Chargers game earlier this year where Never in NFL history or one time in NFL history of teams gone for 500 yards and won the turnover battle and lost the game. I mean, we've just had so many like we're making history in the wrong way. Baker Mayfield is not as good as I want him to be or I think he is. Is he an average quarterback? No. Will he ever be elite? No. I mean, he's a slightly above average guy. What does that put him at? You know, if you talk about quarterback rankings, he's probably somewhere 12, 13, 11. We'll say he's 11 to 14. He's not, he's just not a top 10 guy. Uh, and, and I'm okay with that. And you can win with that. I think this team needs help in a few different areas. They need to move Jedrick Wills to the right tackle. They need to, they need to get a, a true left tackle. They probably need to move on from Baker Mayfield. What does that mean? Well, can you get your hands on Russell Wilson? Maybe. You know, the Derek Carr thing, I know you've floated that out on Twitter a few times. I almost think that maybe just giving Baker a change of scenery, giving Derek Carr a change of scenery may be beneficial. Do I want to see Baker go? No. Do I want him to be successful with the Browns? Yes. But I think the situation with the media, I think it's turning into a very toxic environment a very toxic situation and you can't just tear this down because the studs the foundation of what we have is very sound and solid you don't want to move off Stefanski you don't want to move off the front office and and I know that's always the answer but I think in this situation I, I think it's it's the quarterback I mean you have another player's dad attacking him on social media last night like I mean that's twice in like five weeks where one of your star skill players' parents are, are going in on this dude on, on social media. His wife's not helping the situation. I mean, I, look, I appreciate Emily. She's his ride or die. She's going to support her dude. I love Baker. I mean, I think he just he gets a bad rap. It's, it's too harsh. He brings a lot of it on himself. And, 
you know, the season of dreams is over, man. It's all still raw right now. And, you know, this, this move off of Baker stuff, that's not what I really want. I just, in my mind, I'm just like, what, what needs to change to get us this thing going in the right direction? And, and that, that might be it, no matter how bad I don't, I don't want it to be. So that's what I got. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the Browns fans out there, all the fans of other teams that told me and laughed at me and mocked me when I said we were going to win the Super Bowl. And I just sort of cockily, arrogantly said, you know, you'll see. Well, we're, we're seeing. And I have egg on my face again. And, uh, you know, I let this team fool me. I let them fucking fool me into thinking that this was going to be the season of dreams. And I'm really disappointed. I think everyone just needs to take a deep breath. I knew you were going to say that. I think everyone just needs to take a deep breath. Yeah. Is this season? Yeah. Over? Sure. Sure. But it's one year. It's year two of Stefanski. Look, Baker's not going anywhere. He's coming back next year. We'll see how it goes from there. You know, the Derek Carr thing, I floated that as a thing that I was against. You know, I, I, think, I, know. That that, I think that that brings the same problem. You know, the Baker stuff that you said sounds a lot like my segment from the summer in the QB rankings, it sounded almost a lot like it, almost verbatim. I think I said all those things this summer. I just felt like right now, look, there's six and six. There's some stuff going on. Stefanski's having a, a rough go at it. This is year two. Okay. He's seeing adversity last year. A lot of stuff. Went Can our you way. admit that the offense lacks creativity? Yeah, I think it does because I think that he's working around some pretty, some pretty crazy limitations that, you know, yeah. for one, he didn't have last year. No, no, receivers, wide, none of the, the receivers can create separation. Not, not they, a one. These are the same receivers that he was creative with last year. However, he's got a fucked up quarterback. The quarterback's hurt and the quarterback has regressed. Like both things can be true. Yes. We've seen this from him in his career from the start. He doesn't have like bad games or bad you know, he has bad stretches that last like months at a time. Yeah. And then he has a good stretch that lasts for a few weeks. He's he's you know, he's a, he's a slightly above average quarterback who can be elevated. And look, they're still they're They're paying the linemen. They paid the running back. Uh, they got to go get some wide receivers. I, it looks like they're building a team that knows that he's a limited quarterback, even when he's fully healthy. Yeah. And they're they're building it that way. Now, short of going to get a difference maker. And look, there's like four of these guys in the league. I know like total and Russ Wilson is one of them and he might be available. So but short of for, doing at that, what cost though, right? Like, and, and it, is this front office, the type of front office that's going to do the Deshaun Watson type deal, three first round draft picks, you know, two second, you know, like do you ever see Andrew Barry making, they love draft picks too much. I don't think it's that they love draft picks. I think that they love draft picks when you're building a team a certain way. I mean, I think the team is not built that way to just, you know, to, to be overly, to be overly protective and hoarding draft picks. I, you know, this is a different stage of when we were doing it, when the, when the team was doing it before, when Andrew Barry was here the first time, um, I think we're much more complete now. And, and maybe that is the final piece. Look, I, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. Let me put that out there. I, yeah, I would give it a less than 1% chance. I'm, I'm nearly positive. It'll be Baker on his fifth year option. They'll figure it out from there. I don't think he'll get an extension. Do you think they're going to do the fucking the, the Dak thing with him where they take him to fifth year and then they, well, Dak didn't even Dak. He was a, they took Dak to his fourth right, year right. and then they franchised him twice. You think they're going to play the franchise game with Baker? I mean, they could. They, I mean, if they if they did extend him, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, Colin Kaepernick and Andy Dalton had very similar deals uh, that they signed when they got their when they got their sizable extensions. They were essentially a series of one year deals with team options on them, yeah. so that they could get out of them if they needed to. Now, look, I don't know if that's something that Baker's camp wants to get into, but well, nobody does. I don't think that well, those two guys did, um, but they didn't have I, an option though. I'm not sure he does either. Yeah, he might not. I mean, he's he's I know you're going through your spiel here, but I fucking he's not doing himself any favors. Look, Colin Coward is not a guy that I like to talk about very often and actually agreeing with him. But last night or today, I saw a video. I mean, he talked Baker Mayfield has cost himself these last few weeks just not being smart and sitting down. 
tens of thousands or tens of millions of dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, deep breath. Look, teams go through ups and downs and yeah, it does it suck to, to lose an entire season in a year. Looks like we're, we're looks like, you know, we're not going to make any kind of run. Like we might not probably, probably won't even make the playoffs. Yeah. That does suck, but that doesn't mean anything for next year. Like, you know, San Francisco played in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Atlanta made a Super Bowl run, and we were talking about them earlier as one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, like it, it just happened. Kansas City has four losses. Look, it happens. It happens. It's okay. It's just a bad year. Do you do you see Baker Mayfield as a quarterback of this team four years from now? No. I, I the thing is, I don't know how you you I don't know how you do it unless you start drafting a quarterback every single year in the third round and you, know, just you hope, can't do that because you gotta hope that one he'll hits. freak the fuck out well then then you then you already know that it's not worth it like then you already know so you got to start working on it now I, I look I hope it I hope it all works out I hope he comes back next year and he looks like the guy that finished last year I just I don't I did not want to be fooled by it and I told myself all summer I wasn't going to talk myself into it yeah Predicted him at 10 and seven, and I might have given him a little bit too much credit. They just, you know, I get it. Like, again, they're mathematically in it, but like they got to shut the fucking guy down. Like they just got to because it's getting to a situation where it's like if every week he's getting a new ailment, like it's the knee, it's the ankle, it's the shoulder, two different things going on with the shoulder. Like eventually you just got to sit the guy down and and put him on IR and just shut him down for the season, I, I, I think. Yeah, I think, and I agree with you. The time to do that was was a while ago. I, you know, technically, if you if you really want to do it, go back and sit him down when he dislocated his shoulder the first fucking time. I know. Let him sit for a while, then you come bring him back, and then he doesn't have to sit out that Broncos game. You know, and actually, he played fine versus the Steelers. He played well. He played well enough to win that game. Obviously, he played really well against the Bengals. Always does. And then he gets hurt again in that Patriots game. So, you know, it, all right. Yeah. <laughs> enough the season of dreams is over we're sad but you know never get too high never get too low enough of the browns let's talk about the good teams yeah let's do that we haven't done a top five in a while who's your current top matter of fact i don't think we've done it for about a month who's your current top five right now all right so i'm gonna start at the I'm start at number five spot i'm going with the new england patriots this might be a little bit low but i want to see i want to see the offense really like go you know i think we, we've talked about mac jones here before i think he's fine i think you know he makes like two or three throws a game and that's about it like and that's all they need because their defense is really good and they have uh, i mean you'd rather have baker than mac jones right the number four pff rated i mean when baker's healthy and going yeah, yeah sure okay yeah. but yeah i i mean i like what they're doing with their defense they're playing bully ball and uh big one this week which i'm sure we'll talk about number four kansas city keeping them there i think i think they are uh two weeks after saying they're not i think they are the afc front runner again and then we got the three nfc teams i got them tampa at three arizona uh, green bay at two and arizona at one just going by records I i'm ke- i'm keeping them i'm keeping them right there for right now I, I i think i think green bay is better than tampa right now you know like tampa i know that i know that they won the game but they had five turnovers last uh against against indy i know it was a road game ton of injuries that seem to be catching up to them and if arizona if they just keep winning games with backups like i i don't know i don't know what we're i don't know what we're doing anymore i think it's i think it's just a cliff kingsbury thing i don't think we trust him they're getting kyler murray back now it's kyler too i mean you don't you don't trust kyler ah i don't we'll see we'll see i maybe maybe that's it maybe i don't trust him but i'm the one that's got him at number one overall i don't think that that maybe i shouldn't have put him there because i don't think they're they're gonna finish there but I don't know, I know, man. It's a hodgepodge right now. And if they keep winning games with backups, I don't know how we can't. I don't know why we shouldn't be putting them there. Yeah, we definitely have different top fives, which is good. I, I think I think it shows a couple things, right? How fucking crazy this season is and and that there's good teams at the top. We have the same five teams, though, which I think oh, wow. is interesting and very rarely does that actually happen. So I'll start at five, just like you. I have Arizona at five. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. I don't trust Kyler Murray. I mean, I, there's, there's no, there's no maybe or if about it. Like I'm not saying they can't do it. I just need to see it at number, number four, number two EPA per play offense. Like I hear you at number four, I got new England. I don't really trust new England either. 
I just I don't trust. I don't Mac know how Jones. you trust any of these teams at this point. Yeah, I don't trust Mac Jones. I like what New England does. They they rotate the backs, and I really like Kendrick Bourne. Like the, when that signing happened in the offseason, I was like, what? And he seems to make a play every week. Jacoby Myers is is a fun player to watch. They just do the right things, and that defense is obviously hitting on all cylinders. I got Kansas City at three. Look, Kansas City's best team in the AFC. I spent many weeks, many years sort of bashing that team, and I had my time in the sun earlier this season when they looked bad, but their defense is playing good. You know, the last month of the season, they've had one of the top defenses in the NFL. Chris Jones is back, and he wreaked havoc last week. All you need to do for that team is stop the other team once or twice a game, and and they're going to win, you know, and that's it. You force the other team to punt or or turn the ball over a couple times a game, and the other team just doesn't have a chance. So Kansas City right now, in my opinion, is number three. Green Bay is number two. I probably would have put Green Bay at one if they hadn't have lost to Minnesota the way they did last week. Rodgers has the broken toe. That team's got a lot of injuries going on. Look, I'm sticking with with Tampa, and I'm going to tell you another thing. I'm sitting here the other day in, or yesterday in my chair watching the games, and I, I, I came to a realization, and I thought about – I debated whether or not I wanted to bring this out right now, but I'm going to. If Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl this year, which I fully expect them to, it is no longer the New England. Like, we're taking New England out of the equation. Like, New England doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's the team. What if they beat New England? Yeah, exactly. And, and that that very well could happen, right? And that that's why I started to think about it. Like, it is the Tom Brady dynasty, and he just happened to play for New England. And that's going to be a I tough think that's, a, that's an insane take. It's not. It, it really what is. Belichick's doing right now. I, I mean, with a rookie quarterback, they're eight and four, and they haven't Bucks even. Are, the Bucks are nine and three. Yeah, but they won the Super Bowl last year. Like you can't well, say that's because Mac Jones was playing at Alabama, winning yeah. national titles. I unveiled that take, and I'm keeping it on the back burner. But I want you to be, and I want the fans to be prepared for that. I will probably use that because I, I, I just who's going to beat Tampa, man? Like. I, um, I'll tell you who. Give me one second here. The Saints, uh, the, the Rams, the Saints, and oh, uh, the Washington football team beat them by double digits. Yeah. Okay. So let's. The only one of those teams that they're even going to have to potentially see again is the Rams, and that ain't the same Rams team. I mean, Matt Stafford. Now he did find OBJ for that long touchdown the uh, yesterday in, in the afternoon slate, which was good. I was I was glad to see Odell get out, get that touchdown, but. We're going Tampa at one. Let's look at the other side here. It's been a month since we've talked about the bad teams. And there was about four or five teams jumbled up in that race for number one. We're getting a little more clarity now. Obviously, the team that hasn't won a game is in the driver's seat. But who's the other two teams that you think got a legitimate shot at being there? Sorry, we we have some breaking news. What? Um. Well, it, it regards to college football, but uh, it looks like LSU is going to hire Notre Dame's Brian Kelly as their next head coach. So that <laughs> is the worst thing he could have done. He will be fired at LSU in two years. He left Notre Dame? Let me see. I'm going to make sure I don't get got here. That's from Pete Tamil. Yeah, verified account. What? LSU is expecting to hire Notre Dame's Brian Kelly as the school's next head coach. An announcement could come as early as tomorrow. What? And now they're talking about Notre Dame making a play for Urban Meyer. Well, yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. That guy wants to get out of there so fucking bad. All right. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Um, so I oh missed my it. God, I love this college football coaching carousel, man. I this one's this one. It. This is impressive. This is the most impressive one we've had, I think. Just with yeah. the, the schools that are that are open right now. But um, so who who? I'm sorry. Who did you say other than who other than Tampa? Detroit. Who Detroit's. Ob- no, we're talking. Oh, to race oh. for number one. <laughs> Detroit's obvious. Yeah, you were. Well, I was kind of ending that. 
So Detroit's obvious. They're all in 10, right? So they're they obviously the in bucket. the driver's seat. But who's the other two teams you think got a shot? Speaking of Urban Meyer, um, I got the Jags at uh, at number three there. Okay. You know, to mess. And I got the Texans. I got the Texans below that. You know, that, that's just awful game. First, uh, that was it the Jets yesterday? Just, yeah. oh, just, just, just a mess. Can't get out of their own way. But Tyrod actually looks good for stretches. Okay, you know? but that's it's not that's not what 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 does that do for you? That jeopardizes your future because he, if anything, he's more likely to get you more wins. And they look, they got the Colts, the Seahawks are coming up. Ooh, they play the they play the Jags the week before Christmas. So it looks like they've only got maybe one, maybe two more winnable games left on their schedule. So I think that they're pretty much locked in there. I can't believe that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go to LSU. That is the dumb. He could have stayed at Notre Dame for 10 more years. He is going to be fired. I'm just shocked. I'm shocked. This, this derailed this whole thing. All right. All right, I got Detroit. Detroit's getting number one pick. I got Jacksonville slightly worse than Houston. I, that's it. That's all I got. I don't even know what to say. You want to move into week 13 and talk about what, what we got coming up this week? Yeah. What's the games you're looking forward to? Well, uh, first of all, I mentioned it earlier. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Browns being on a bye so I can uh, just relax and watch some football. I just think um, of the same thing last night. Bengals Chargers is uh is is a nice little matchup there. I want to see I can't I think that Cincinnati is legitimately is good. I I don't think that they're like a top AFC team good. I think that they have a nice young core. I like what the offense does. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And uh nice battle between two young quarterbacks. And then um the Broncos and the Chiefs for first place in the AFC West. What a barn burner of a conference. I really like the Chargers and the Bengals only because, like, I'm not sure, like, if either of those teams are really are good or bad. The Chargers have sort of hit a wall a little bit. Brandon Staley's hit a little bit of a wall. I never really know what's going on with them, which team's going to show up week in, week out. And the Bengals are kind of the same for me. So I definitely am looking forward to that game, looking forward to the Ravens and the Steelers. I mean, we, as Browns fans, need the Steelers and the Chargers to win those games. So, you know, that's that's the path to the Browns actually being able to salvage the season. But, you know, on Monday Night Football next week, you got Buffalo in, in New England, certainly a test for New England. So, you know, looking forward to that. It's on the road at Buffalo. Is Buffalo, you know, they're, what, seven and four? At one point, I think you had them at number one and your top five and your power rankings. So, you know, what's going on with this Buffalo team? They still, I believe, have the biggest point differential in the NFL. So, yeah, I think it's actually, I think it's second now behind New England. I think New England passed them. New England passed them. Wow. Yeah, because New England's just been blowing teams out, including the Browns the last few weeks. So that'll be interesting. But, yeah, those those are the, the three games that I'm looking forward to. And I, I like the Bills. Okay. I like the Bills. Okay, but they keep losing. They keep losing to, to like the, the decent teams. teams and even bad teams. Like like I mean, they lost the Titans. Yeah, they lost that weird game against Jacksonville, uh, and the Colts just I mean, took them out back. So yeah, and the Colts almost beat Tampa yesterday, but they didn't. Okay. Last but not least, let's do our NFL pick them. Disappoints me to say what I'm about to, but I have to. I got to. Two weeks ago, I went 0-5. So between the Pick'em and our bet online bets, I went 0-9 two weeks ago. First time in the history of this show. It's tough. You went 2-3. and three. Not much better, but good enough. So right now for our Pick'em, currently sit, I am 17-23. and 23. You are at 500 at 20 and 20. So you have a three-game lead on me, as you predicted, I will say. You did predict that you would have that three-game lead going into this. So are you ready for our week 13 pick them? Let's do it. Chargers at Bengals, minus two and a half. Give me the... Give me the Bengals. 
I'm going Chargers. Giants at Dolphins, minus three. Through a curveball. I mean, that was not one I was expecting. Um, give me the Fins. I like what Tua's doing here. I took the Dolphins. The Washington football team at the Vegas Raiders, minus two and a half. I'll take, I'll take uh, Vegas. I got Washington. The 49ers at the Seahawks, plus three. Man, I'm taking the Niners. I, I, I get that Seahawks keep burning me. I got Seattle. I knew that was one. I was like, man, which way do I think he's going to go here? I got Seattle. All right, last. Patriots at Buffalo. It'll be on Monday night, so we may need to wait to record till Tuesday next week. Buffalo is minus three. Who you got? I'm going to take the Bills. I got New England. So the only one that we picked the same was the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. But I got three road teams. That's a long putt for me to get back into this thing, but it is what it is. All right. Don't forget at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe. We are available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. We are also available on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only betonline.ag and we are also presented by Lightbox Jewelry. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. How about them Hawkeyes? Somebody suck me. 729 days. Go blue, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.